Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today with a fantastic guest. You've heard him before in the podcast and we are thrilled to have him back as part of our Meet the Cast lineup. Andrew Pudua is with us today and welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here with you in person for reals. <laughs> right, right. For real, in person, in our studio for the second time in the past week because... But you don't have to tell people. Oh, no, I'm going to tell them because it's kind of funny. Okay. Well, here's the thing. People need to know that we're real <laughs> and that mistakes happen. And so last week we sat down to record. We got like an hour into it. We were pretty much done. Like we were just wrapping it up and realized that we forgot to turn on your mic. <laughs> So, because Andrew is such a good sport and because we enjoy spending time with him, he came back again today and was so generous to do that. So we are excited to have you back. And what's kind of funny is this will end up being a completely different conversation. It will be. It, it may be providence. Like someone out there needed to hear something I would say today, but didn't say then. Right. So you never know. Absolutely. God's always in control. <laughs> so we are glad to have you back. Um, it's really exciting as we think back to when we first started filming for Schoolhouse Rocked. And I've told this story before on the podcast, but for those who may not have heard it, you were our first celebrity. You were our first like legit homeschool celebrity that we said, we really want to get Andrew Pudua in this movie. I don't think we even had a name for the movie yet when we contacted you. We just mm. said, we're going to make a movie on homeschooling. We would love to have you a part uh, part of it because my girls were doing IEW or my oldest at the time was doing IEW curriculum. And so I had heard you speak and I just thought he would be amazing. He'd be fantastic. So the Lord orchestrated that whole thing. You ended up being in California yeah, and I remember coming to see us showing up. You took, I don't know, hours of content. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, if she has like even 10 other people, how are they going to sort through all this stuff? And you got way more than that now. How many hours total did you end up with? Oh, man, I don't even know. I think somewhere of, of actual just raw interviews from beginning to end of everyone that we interviewed, I think, and Garrett would probably correct me because um, he knows much better than I do, but I want to say somewhere around 80 hours. It was crazy because we but that includes b-roll you know which is kind of the behind the scenes footage so that includes people doing school and street interviews and i mean there was a lot that went into it so yeah. um and kind of behind the scenes stuff so so there there was a lot that encompassed all of the filming that we did it was Amazing. fun yeah. yeah yeah the thing i remember about well i remember a lot of things about that day but one of the really neat things is that i remember after we were done filming with you you said you know this is really exciting. If I were you, here are my suggestions on some people that I would get in this movie because we didn't really know anyone in the homeschool world. Mm. And so you gave us a list and I don't know if you remember this, but I literally sat down and I started writing names. And um, one of the people that you mentioned several who ended up making it in the movie 
And one of the people you said at the very end was, you said, if there's anyone you get in this movie, you've got to get Heidi St. John. (laughs) And we said, okay, I knew who she was, but didn't know. So you went from not knowing anyone to now knowing everyone. Yes. That's fun. It is fun. It is really fun. Um, And that's been one of the great blessings of this podcast is because the Lord has connected us with so many great homeschool leaders and parents alike, we have been able to have just amazing guests on this show by God's grace. I mean, he's just been so good to provide that for us. Yeah. So it's been fun. And you got to see the movie. You were one of the first to see I, it, actually. I did. I, I saw it. And I will tell you a few things. Number one, um, I don't like the parts with me in them. <laughs> um, but everything else Those is awesome. Those are some of awesome. the best parts. Um, it, it surprised me how compellingly, compellingly engaging it was. I actually didn't expect to watch it all the way through. Oh, wow. <laughs> and just because I thought, sure. you know, after a while, it's going to get to be kind of the same old thing. And But it was, it was captivating. And I did. And my wife watched it all the way through. And uh, I was just delighted. I just thought this is going to be the perfect thing to just give people who are on the edge the vision, draw people in, reinforce the commitment, and grow the the worldwide now yeah. grow the community of like-minded homeschooling people. So yeah. congratulations. <laughs> I can hardly wait until the finished, finished, finished version is out there and we can push it with all our heart. Yes. Yes. We're in November. We cannot wait for November to be here and to get this into people's hands. We are so anxious for that. Um, but it's, it's still at the post studio being polished up and it's almost done. And we can't wait to see the final product either because they're going to do all the color correction and sound mix, final sound mix, and all the other things that make it look like a theatrical Mm -hmm. movie. And uh, so we're very excited about that. And again, you know, all by God's grace, we are excited about what he's called us to do. And we are so happy that you got to be part of it. So I am too. Thank you for your role and the relationship he's built between us, um, you know, between you and Garrett and you and myself and um, and even your wife, Robin, it's been really fun getting to know her. And she's, she's a wonderful lady. She's one that I think is kind of one of those mystery women that nobody really knows (laughs) the woman behind Andrew Pudua, but she is such a delightful woman. She, she does not like the spotlight. She's a sit in the back kind of person. She rarely goes to conventions because she just doesn't want to have a name tag with my name on right. it or <laughs> close to it, but uh, she's been very integral in everything we've done, uh, you know, with IEW, of course. Sure. And uh, now she's really enjoying being a grandmother. And you have how many grandkids? We just had number 15 was born. Wow. It was about three weeks ago Okay, at our house here in Tulsa. Wow. And uh, so they're coming fast and furious. Yeah. And I think I may have discovered my late in life vocation. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's that? Professional grandpa. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, but I don't even need to get paid, you know, I just right. do it for free. But I really enjoy just hanging out with children. I even enjoy hanging out with other people's children. Yeah. You're good with kids. When we first filmed with you that day in California, we were at my friend Casey's house. And I remember all she we all had young kids at the time. And so all the all the little ones had drawn pictures for you. And you walked in and I mean, they were standing at the window waiting for you. And the funny thing was, is they were probably, I mean, the youngest ones were like three and five at the time. 
So they didn't really know who you were yet because they hadn't jumped onto the IEW bandwagon, but we were excited. And so they were excited. And so they drew pictures for you and you walked through the door and you stood there for probably five minutes and you looked at every single picture that every child drew and you were like, wow, is that a horse? That's a great drawing. And like the, the kids were just in awe of your attention to them and that you actually cared about these pictures. And I'm sure they're probably posted in your, you know, living room on your living room walls or something. Right? Um, maybe not at this point, <laughs> but uh, we do have a bulletin board in our hallway, which is dedicated to grandchildren's and other children's art. You know that book, The Five Love Languages? Yes. It was very important in my, in mm -hmm. my life, really helped me understand in particular my mother-in-law. But I figured, I have figured out that children go through this phase where pictures are a love language. Ah. They don't own anything else. They can't really give you anything except they can make a picture. Right. And then they can give you that. And so um, I, um, I guess I started to tune into that some time ago, but the connection between, oh, it's a love language. And that's one of the only ones they have. Wow. Um, let's, let's appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, that's a fantastic point. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back with Andrew Pudua. So I wanna to talk today um, about a few things. You have a book that you actually gave to me a couple years ago called However Imperfectly. If you are watching the video on YouTube, you can see this book here. And this book has been fascinating to me. It's lessons learned from 30 years of teaching. You've been teaching for quite a long time. And so I know that you, you have an essay and it has seven lessons that you've learned through all of your years of education. And you, you've, you've been in different aspects of ed education. I think people who don't know you or about you may think that you've always been in the world of writing, yeah. but that's not true. No, I, I started my teaching life um, after going through a training program with Dr. Suzuki of Suzuki Method in, in Japan, I lived there three years, I came back and I started teaching music. So I was teaching violin, Suzuki Method violin, and then I got kinder music certification and moved into the area of early childhood music. I um, operated a small preschool for two years and uh, and then I also have taught in schools for a few years, various subjects. And then of course, when our kids um, were, it was necessary to do so, we began homeschooling. And so I was doing all that in that whole process. And then I just kind of stumbled into this business of teaching writing classes and discovered there was a need that I was enjoyed doing it. Uh -huh that I had a system that worked very well. And probably most importantly, that it was paying better than teaching music. So <laughs> I gradually shifted over and um, 
So yeah, this book uh, is really not one book. It's it's just a collection of basically all the articles and essays yeah. that I've written for the last couple decades uh, or more. In fact, uh, I always joke and say, yeah, I, I've written one. I'm the writing guy. Right. <laughs> I finally wrote one book. It took 25 years. Oh, gosh. <laughs> At this rate, I may or may not get another book by the time I die. Right. But, <clears throat> that is awesome. So I want to go back really quickly. You talked about feeling the need to homeschool your kids. Why did you feel the need to start homeschooling them? Well, um, the oldest two had been in a kind of cottage school Montessori type of really wonderful thing just at someone's house. There were, you know, 12 to 15 kids in the school and it was, you know, an every day a week school, but it was more like one big, huge homeschool. There wasn't grades and classes and textbooks. It was a, a different kind of environment. Sure. And that was really good. But then um, it ended. Um, the people who were doing it couldn't do it anymore. There was no one to take it over. And so we were looking at the options and the private schools were not really affordable. Sure. The public schools were just not really acceptable mm -hmm. from our, you know, experience about real education and, and also, you know, what kind of moral, spiritual environment sure. that was going to be. And so... The default was homeschooling, um, as it always has been for many people. Right. You don't do it because you wake up in the morning, morning and say, <laughs> gee, I'd sure like to make my life a whole lot more complicated right. by homeschooling. <laughs> it's sometimes this is the least of the worst options that we have. Right. Um, and yet within just a few years, you know, we thought, okay, this is our life from now on. And back then there weren't a lot of homeschoolers around. Mm -hmm. We were in Bozeman, Montana, and I think there were maybe three families that we knew. Oh, wow. Total. Yeah. And, and this is back in the 90s, 90s right? 90s, okay. yeah. And so, um, you know, we, we started out kind of the way a lot of people right. do, which is he ordered all the little books with a, a one and a two and a four and a five right. on the cover and said, you know, we're going to do school at home. Right. And um, my wife actually had, uh, not long before, finished a degree in elementary education. And she had taught in a school. I taught in a school. That's where we met. So we were, you know, we're school oriented. Sure. But we knew that we didn't want to do the public school thing. But, right. you know, that first phase was, well, let's do school at home. Right. And then you move past that after a while. And you realize, no, this is about home-based education mm -hmm. in a much bigger way. Right. And, uh, you know, that's what I say to a lot of people. In fact, that's really the first lesson of the um, seven lessons in the essay, However Imperfectly. It is hard not to do to your kids what was done to you. Sure. Because that's that's what you come right. to the experience with. Right. And so it takes some time to get past that. Um, and especially, you know, for her, she had an extra five years of programming right. <laughs> about what school and education had to be. Yeah, that's hard. And you have, I don't think you mentioned this, but you had seven kids. We have seven. So uh, they're all grown now. When we started, um, we had kind of a yours, mine, and our situation. Mm -hmm. uh, so within a year of getting married, I went from being a single dad of one 
to being a married dad with four. Um, and um, that was uh, a very um, expanding time for me. And you know, lots of interesting challenges. But yeah. It was all good. And the older girls, stepdaughters to me, were just tremendously helpful yeah. in everything we were doing. They really were great kids. And so I wouldn't say we had any any big problems big enough to think about quitting the idea. Sure. You know, quitting homeschooling. Sure, sure. Uh, whereas, you know, some people do. They get into it and they have like this overwhelming situation. Yeah. Um, I remember you telling a story. I think you told this when we interviewed you for the movie, but this part um, isn't in the movie. And you talked about how one day you were out with your kids and your wife, Robin, was home. She was <laughs> homeschooling and, and you, she called you or, or something and she said, I need you to keep the kids for a while. Yeah, that she was, had an um, idea. That was a few years later. Yeah, I was out. I had whatever kids were home at the time. I had them on a little shopping trip. I think it was someone's birthday. So I was like, I'll take you and you can buy some little presents. So, and I'm just about wrapping up. She calls me, says, would you please keep the kids for another hour or so? I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm ready to get back. I got work to do. Right. You know, but <laughs> she kind of begged, so I did. And when we finally got home a couple hours later, she had completely transformed the homeschool room into what I guess could best be described as a kiddie airport lounge. You know, it was one of these, um, the desks and chairs had been replaced with beanbag chairs uh -huh. and the educational posters on the wall had been replaced with fine art prints. You right. Know, and the whole, you know, there were flowers and the thing was like decorated. And the, the funny story was uh, my daughter, Julia, who was, she's number five of the kids out of the seven. She was probably six at the time. She came in and she goes, mom, what did you do? <laughs> and my wife says, Julia, we're not going to do homeschooling anymore. And Julia says, what are we going to do? And my, my wife says, learning. And Julia says, what's that? <laughs> I love that story because I feel like with most homeschool moms, there comes that moment where pretty much every homeschool mom I know, unless it's one who's, who's done tons of research and listened to, you know, all the podcasts and done all the, all the things before her kids reach school age. Most moms, when we come into homeschooling, like I did, you think that we have to make our, our homeschool look like the traditional school classroom. And so you get the worksheets and the workbooks and you get the desks and, or at least you have a table with a designated area to sit down and do schoolwork. And, and not that that's wrong. I mean, we actually now in this house that we're living in, we actually have a school room mm -hmm. and we have a table at the school room. And so we do some of our work there, but we spend a large majority of our time sitting on the sofa, snuggling up together, reading together, my girls playing, you know, games together or drawing or doing whatever they do. And, um, I, I feel like there's always that kind of moment of like, oh, you mean it doesn't actually <laughs> have to look like a classroom with all the desks perfectly in a row and all the kids sitting still and perfectly straight up in their chairs and being the perfect student, having that perfect student look yeah. that we grew up. And like you said, you know, we grew up with a certain mindset and it's really hard to get rid of that idea when we come into homeschooling. But once you figure that out, it opens up a whole new world of, of 
learning and um, ideas and accomplishment, I think for both mom and child, like it takes so much more of the pressure off. Yeah. An another little story. When, uh, when we moved to Oklahoma, um, my youngest was nine. I had three kids at home. And the youngest was nine. And for most of the whole time, the homeschool room wasn't really a place that anybody used except mom to put her stuff. Right. It, it became mom's yeah. mini office storage slash area. junk storage area. And they were always all over the house, usually at the dining room table. So I moved to Oklahoma. I said to my wife, I really don't care what you do with this house, but I have one request. This is all I want. A large whiteboard in the dining room. <laughs> and it took her a little bit to adjust to that because she does have this kind of aesthetic uh -huh. sense. But I, I made my case, which is this is where we are and this is where they're studying and it, it wouldn't ruin it. You could still have nice pictures on the other wall, but I just want a whiteboard where we are. Right. And so she did. So we got a nice big six foot whiteboard right on the wall, right behind my chair at the dining room table. And it was great. I highly recommend it because, you know, you can put stuff up there and then the right. kids see it a lot, whether it's their, you know, Latin noun declension endings or little messages right. or in the middle of dinner, I'm trying to explain something. I could just spin around and stand <laughs> up and, and draw a little diagram. And so, you know, I've often said that, you know, if you're going to homeschool, the, the way more important thing than a book mm -hmm. is a whiteboard. So before you spend money on curriculum, right. get yourself a big honking whiteboard <laughs> and put it somewhere where everybody's going to use it. Yeah. And then you can teach everything better. Right. Right. That's awesome. We don't have a whiteboard. I guess we're going to have to get a whiteboard. Well, I don't know. You've survived this long, <laughs> but it it just makes life so Well, living in a trailer, we didn't have room for a whiteboard. True, true. That was not possible. I guess uh, a whiteboard is the equivalent of a a large screen for your computer with its little tiny right. screen. <laughs> right. Everything's just better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Well, we are out of time. We will be back again uh, tomorrow. No, Wednesday, not tomorrow. Tomorrow's Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday to finish this conversation. We're going to talk more about lessons Andrew has learned in his 30 plus years of teaching, and you are going to be greatly encouraged. Where can people find out more about you and your company and what you do? Oh, it's so easy. IEW.com and huge website, all sorts of free stuff, lots of audio downloads, PDFs you can have. Yep. And if you want to buy something, you can do that too. That sounds great. IEW, which is Institute for Excellence in Writing. Yeah. If people are like, what in the world is IEW? So go to IEW.com. You can learn all kinds of things about writing. And yes, you guys have so many great resources. It's almost overwhelming, but in a good way. You go on there and lots of free stuff. You guys have a ton of free it, stuff. There's there. so much stuff when I go on my own website to yes. look for something. Sometimes I can't, I can't find, find it. it. <laughs> but uh, you can always chat our people. Yes. Uh, so if we mention something or you're looking for say, resources on teaching dyslexic kids, yep. reading and writing. Um, we've got a huge selection of resources there. And um, people, you know, our team yep. will just send you the direct link. Yes. And you guys, I can honestly say you guys have one of the best customer service teams of any company. And I'm not just talking about homeschool curriculum. I mean, just any company 
across the board that I've ever met. Um, I have spoken with them many times and they are so knowledgeable and fantastic and just helpful. Like, and, and most of them are moms. That's what's great about it is most of them are, a lot of them are retired homeschool moms. Yeah, or they are grown up homeschool kids. Right. We've got right. a good number of, of those working yes. for us too. Yeah. That's, that's actually fantastic. my favorite type of person to hire is a, a grown-up homeschool 19, 20 year old. Yep, I love it. So visit IEW.com. You can find Andrew there and we will be back with you on Wednesday. Have a great day. Bye. Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations, Christian homeschooling simplified.